Welcome to another episode of Life's 3x5's podcast. Liz and Tim have created the ideal conversation formula for them. Everything begins with what's on a 3x5 index card. It can be anything and it can go anywhere in 30 minutes or so. If allowed, they can somehow magically become connected by a single word. And now, today's unscripted and unpredictable conversation between two longtime radio friends from a remote location with Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. Tonight, we are at the Coronado Theater. Oh, I'll tell you, when we started making a list, which now that list is gigantic. Oh, I'm glad. This was the first one on my list. Yeah. Hands down. I've got a 54-year history with this place. Oh, my goodness gracious. First of all, I'm Liz Wilder, in case you don't know, and that's Tim Larson. Yeah, and I'm Tim Larson, too. You know, there's no substitutes. Nobody's (laughs) stepping in. You got me again. Yay! And it is balmy in here. We're stripping. Seriously. And that's a show in itself, right? Yeah, right. As soon as we came in here, we started taking off clothes because it's <laughs> it's so hot in here, and there's no people it's yet. Just the outerwear, not the not the. We haven't got down to the well, skivvies or anything. No, we're down to layer one. Yeah. The reason we're here tonight is not only because of the Coronado Theater, which is now called the Coronado Performing Arts Center. Oh, okay. So it's a lot sexier after they did the renovation, which oh, was to the tune of like seven million dollars. It was maybe twelve years ago, I think. Oh um, wow. And See, now I don't remember what it was beforehand. When my first times here was when I was here the first time, 89 to 90, 91. What did you mainly come here for? Uh, concerts, but not Rockford Symphony concerts. You know, other kind of con- The rock concerts. Okay. We come for the ballet. You ever come for, for comedy shows? Um, did they have them back then? You know, I don't really remember. I'm okay. sure we probably did. Okay. This is a about a 2,000-seat capacity theater. It is very ornate. It is, it is, you will see pictures like you will not believe. It is very detailed. And a lot of the renovation was actually cleaning. Because as, yeah, as you look up there, you can imagine those little statues that stick out. What do they call those? Frisees? I think they do, but they are dust collectors. Oh, yeah. That's the everyday name for it. So tonight, (laughs) thanks to Julie Thomas, we are here for the rehearsal night for the Rockford Symphony Orchestra. Their second applicant for a new conductor or music director is going to be with them tonight because the concert is Saturday. Oh, really? So, again, they have how many that are applying for this job? Nine. So there'll be nine different conductors with nine different symphony, nine different shows? Nine nine different shows. Nine different shows. They take the summer off. You're talking a year out before they replace Steve Larson, who's been here about 27 years. Oh, wow. In fact, there's okay. only been since 1934 when they started the Rockford Symphony Orchestra, and they uh-huh. did that to help celebrate Rockford's centennial. Oh, wow. Isn't okay. that weird? There has only been four conductors or four music directors since 1934. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The first one oh, my goodness. Um, w- was a guy that, that stayed for 27 years. His name was Arthur Zack. Can you imagine that you are stepping into a situation where there's only been four people ahead of you? They do about 16 concerts, give or take, a year. Not all of them are here at the Coronado. They will maybe be out at the Rock Valley College Starlight Theater, you know, for the 4th of July, patriotic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, They do uh, a Pops series. So it's not all Beethoven and Tchaikovsky and Gershwin, you know, and all those. It's not I said all the hard one for you. I, I, okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Mm. I didn't want to show off. 
<laughs> yeah, let's go with that. So they've done Pops concerts. One of the coolest one that I saw, only because of the, what do you call it, the synchronicity of it, I guess, mm-hmm. is, you know, there's a gigantic screen that comes down for either concerts or whatever you want. Okay. Any, uh, it helps with the like visual. Like a green screen. Yeah, yeah, but it's a regular screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's gigantic, which they never had before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stage before the renovation was much narrower. And mm. they ended up having a Disney night. Mm. So they're playing all these Disney theme songs in sequence to the video. Oh, I love it. They did it so well. There were some lag times, like you're looking over the Savannah in Lion King. Yes. You can string that video out a little bit to either let them catch up or stop. Yeah. So there were some lag times in some of those, and it's like, man, you people really thought this through. It was fantastic. Now, granted, it's drawing a whole nother crowd when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that those people that were drawn by the Disney night loved the symphony orchestra and came back for other nights. But, you know, it's hard to track that. That brought back a memory for me. I did my own version of uh, my own version of Walt Disney Tunes when I was in the Miss Missouri pageant. Really? So I played like that a, on like the a, piano. Like so a, a montage. montage? Mm-hmm. Did you really? Mm-hmm. That's hard to do, isn't mm-hmm. it? I had a my piano teacher helped me a little bit with it how, especially with the, the transition parts yes that's yeah. what i'm saying and mm-hmm. how many songs within the uh, tra- i gotta think about this because it's been forever and ago i think i did four because i started out with pinocchio's got no strings oh. you know, and i was wearing a pinocchio outfit oh. <laughs> yeah that was kind of fun gosh i can't remember that now this is kind of free crazy see you sucked him in on emotional i talent. did yes i did I don't it, know. I'll have to go back and remember. I'll have to go back and see if I can find that all stuff. Right. Gosh darn it. Well, I'll tell you, I can't imagine you not finding it because you brought a stack of music to show me. Yeah, I when, did. When we were at the Rockford Symphony Orchestra office before, which is at the Riverfront Museum Center, which is about three episodes ago, <laughs> you were you were blurting all this stuff out that I just didn't understand. I'm not a music oh, person. Yeah. So okay. when you brought this tonight and does you're it talking, make sense it now? does. Like what the treble clef and all that means and the shortcuts and the, you know, cheat sheets and stuff like that. But I swear, people, this stack of what she brought is easily. <laughs> it's really nothing. I don't think. Ah, uh, yeah, thick. whatever. It's two inches thick. It's from my grandmother who she, and I, I've got to go back and find out the person that she studied under. She came, she came over from Poland when she was three years old. Okay. And she studied under a master pianist who studied under, who was the understudy. I don't even know what the guy's name is. I'm going to say the wrong name, but let's say it's, let's say it's Tchaikovsky. (laughs) So the guy studied under Tchaikovsky. That's who my Nana studied under. I love how you tied in, I'm going to say the name wrong. Yeah, I am. (laughs) That was hilarious. Because I don't know if that's him or not. I don't know if it's that person, but but it's it's that type of thing. Yeah, it's a whole pronunciation problem I had with that. It's not like Gershwin, you know? Right, right, Gershwin. So this is that little paper that I was telling you about when my little cheat sheet. So you've got the lines of the treble clef, which is the upper. Right. And then you have a bass clef, which is lower. So the the lines are E, G, B, D, F. And how you remember them is every good boy does fine. Oh, there you go. And then your spaces are F, A, C, E, face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then down below in your bass clef, it looks like a backward C. Mm -hmm. Or half of a heart. Or half of a heart, since yep. it's Valentine's Day coming up. Very oh, well, good. look, at, look that. at that. You did very well. Yeah, that's my gift to you, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can Here's keep that face. For, you can keep that forever. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wow. Well, you start How... at the bottom line, and it's G B D F A. 
good boys do fine always. And I love this because they're going to be re- they're warming up and they rehearsing. Are. I they're, love this. They're going to sprinkle in probably one or two at a time. Oh, good. I think we need to be out of here by the time they actually start to rehearse because oh, they've got that fun. new person. Oh, that's right. And so we'll go down in the in the bellies of the um, uh, theater and take some pictures oh, and stuff like cool. that. Oh, that'll be cool. Well, then we better get going. What Do you have First, a toast for today? I do. Oh, but what? again, before I forget, what? thank oh. you, thank you, thank you for bringing that musical stuff. But oh, it, yeah. Because it gives me a visual for what you told me. Ah, okay. And, you know, and that okay. always helps. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Hey, we do have wine, oh. and we are the only two people in a 2,000-seat theater, so we picked any seat we want, <laughs> and here we are. Okay. So I have this uh, this toast that I've had for a while. I just uh-huh. wanted to figure out when it would fit. Okay. And here's to the talents of songwriters and composers. Isn't that weird that I've had this for a long while? Somehow they get whatever they hear in their heads into the ears of others. So here's Ooh. to composers Cheers and to songwriters. Yeah. Composers and songwriters. Yeah. And then the musicians that play. Uh, let's just add another toast to the musicians that play that. Yes. And, so, yes. And here's to the makers of Moscato. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just get everybody in there. We are. Yeah. Mm. Let me tell you a little bit with the notes that I have here about the uh, uh, Rockford Symphony Orchestra before we get into the Coronado Theater. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I told you before that when I come to these concerts, lots of times it's impromptu. Ah, because you do single seats. You I come do. by yourself. And I get a wild hair up my butt, and I go, all right, I'm going to go to a movie, or what's at the Metro Center, or what's at the Coronado, and I just sort of look. Yeah. I love being here, not only to just sort of unplug and not talk to anybody, which I know you can't <laughs> believe I don't do that. I know I cannot. But I'll tell you, when I come to the RSO, I don't. Even if I see somebody I know. Really? I just, I just. You ignore them? I, well, I don't ignore them. I just don't go prancing up to them <laughs> like I normally do. You know, you know. <laughs> They're like, ooh, something's wrong with Tim. Yeah, What's who, up with him? Well, you know, he's had a hard day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first concert that they had here, they brought in a guest musician that was a Spanish guitarist. Oh, wow. And he wailed. And he had this sort of, I guess, stand, for lack of a better term, mounted Mm -hmm. to the back of his guitar, Mm -hmm. which was acrylic and had Mm -hmm. an arch with a pad on it that sat on his thigh because he was picking so fast that Mm. he didn't have to worry about the weight of the guitar. Think about that. That's true. That's true, because what happens if it gets too heavy and you're slipping? Yeah. And And I'm not a guitar player, so I don't know how that that works. But but you can guess. He was sitting down, but if your palms are Mm -hmm. sort of elevated because of the way you have to play, you're not hanging on to much. You know, there's those types of things that, you know, sometimes I don't know about. You know, it's the third largest symphony in Illinois. The Rockford Symphony Orchestra it is. is really. It is. It Do you is. know who they're com- who comprises the Rockford Symphony Orchestra? Is it just local people? Is it just you know area? I don't know. I don't I, know how that works. I should ask Julie because okay. you know the Phantom Regiment Drum and Bugle yes, Corps. Yes. Yes. In its day, that used to be a very high percentage of local people. Okay. And over the years, because of the Phantom Regiment becoming so popular and their Drum and Bugle Corps internationally. Um, they attract these people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so your percentage of local is pretty low. Uh, and I would have to ask Julie. I don't okay. I don't know if if these guys are like that or not. Now I here's, just wondered. Well, here's the other side too. These are predominantly older adults where the Phantom Regiment is younger. Is younger and the Phantom Regiment travels. Ah, uh, right. Where these right. guys these They're guys don't. Here, right. Yeah. So there may be 
you know, a little bit of a difference there with what they do. But anyway, I learned today, uh, I was listening to Alan Alda, and he has a podcast. He had a guest on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get half of it right because you know how when you're driving and yeah, you're you in only and out, hear yeah. in and out of stuff, yeah. But they were talking about how music ties in with physics. Oh. They were talking about rhythm, vibration, energy, improvisation, harmonies, all that stuff has almost, this scientist has almost uh, seen direct correlation in nature with physics. And then he says, Galileo was a musician. Yeah. And they, they keep, once you look for it, they keep finding more and more of this kind of stuff. And I couldn't tune out. It, the, the it's name, just like August Rush, the movie it, August Rush. It is. It's exactly yeah. like that. By the way, Ellen Alda's podcast is called Clear and Vivid. Like it. Okay. Anyway, you know, it relates to the string theory, all mm-hmm. that connectability. Mm-hmm. And when they put that to music, because this guy is a real big jazz fan. Yes. So it's sort of in him. Uh-huh. And then when he went down the path of being a scientist, he couldn't help but connect those two. So it was really sort of cool to hear that today, knowing that we were coming here. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, really fun. Yep. Did I ever tell you about my um, Liberace story? No. When you were talking about piano. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Um, Nope. I I was in Burbank. Okay. I was in front of Man's Chinese Theater, and this bus pulls up, and this person gets out with a clipboard and gets everybody's attention. Everybody's just sort of, you know, being a tourist. And they said, if you want to go see a TV show and be in the audience, we'll have you back here in an hour and a half. Didn't tell us what the show was. Didn't okay. tell where studio. Didn't say who the host was, who the Just guests said to were. Just right here? Nothing. No, no. Get on the bus now. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's snooze or lose. We leave in three nice. minutes. So you can imagine the studios that say, okay, Mr. Intern, go, go out wherever there's masses and come back with a busload. Oh. So it was... It was Gary Collins. You remember Gary Collins? He was. I do kind of remember him. Our magazine. Yes. And he was married. I'll put this in pageant terms. Yes. He was married to Marianne Mobley. Yes. Okay. So Miss America. We, so we walk in, and there's Gary Collins greeting all the audience. And he says, on today's show is Victoria Principal. Oh, I love her. Happened to be her birthday. They had a big to-do, big the cake, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And Liberace. Oh, and all of us, sweet. all of us reacted just the way you did. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. What is the, what are oh, the chances? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the show goes on and it's not live by any means. Right. You act like it's live. Right. So the show goes on. They do Victoria, blah, blah, blah. Liberace comes out, sits down at the piano. Now, you know, they've got prearrangements. Yes. We're going to talk for this long. You're yes. going to play one song. Yes. And we don't ask about this or whatever the case yes. may be. All right. So Liberace sits down <laughs> and he plays the song. All of a sudden, you remember Clara Peller from the Where's the Beef? Yes. Uh, Wendy's commercials? Uh-huh. This lady looked exactly like Clara Peller. Oh, no. She was sitting in the front row. She turned out, as we talked later on, 92 years old. <gasps> so she has no filter. Oh, my goodness. None. She oh has she has goodness. relatively no concept of the TV aspect of what's going oh on. no. So he finishes the song, and of course, we're clapping, clapping, and he's bowing, bowing. Applause, oh, no. applause goes down, and she says, hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Gets Larry? Her, gets his att- Yeah, Liberace. That's what oh she called him. Oh, my gosh. Gets his attention. She goes, can I play a song with you? <gasps> and, of course, you see all the color leave his face going, I don't know how to answer this. So Gary, thinking, all right, the editors are really going to have to chop the crap out of this one. So he must have poked him or something and said, sure, come on up. 92 years oh. old. Sits down at the piano and tears it up. 
Liberace joined in with her. And, so their duet. Oh they're yeah. Like, oh oh I yeah. Love Which that. he hadn't he hadn't planned on that because yeah. he didn't know what she was going to play. Right. Or right. if she was a bomb or not. Right. And he just he joined right in, and the place went apeshit. Oh my gosh! And of course, Gary is smiling from ear to ear, going, "Oh, this, this is, is great. Oh, this is gold, baby." Yeah. It was hilarious. I, what did they use that? Do you know if they use oh, that on the oh, show? Yeah, yeah. I saw it maybe three weeks later. By the time they edited and got it in the rotation, uh-huh. it was about three weeks later. And oh, it, how cool! It was. It was just as perfect as it could have been if it was staged. Did they ever introduce who that woman was? Did they ever I say think, who she I was? How they, they did? It? I think they did afterwards. Yeah, as I remember, I think they did grab her oh, name. That is so cool. But, uh, hey, Larry! <laughs> it's like what? So, do you have a three by five card? You know, I got a bag of them over here, but I haven't even opened up the bag because I had so many notes on the Coronado. Well, maybe you want to talk about more about the Coronado? Or? I do, but we can okay. do we can do one in between here. Okay. Well, do I'm you just have thinking one? I'm listening to some of them warming up. So, yeah. Do you have one? You don't. Mm, have not one? really. That would pertain. I mean, I got a bunch of them, but none that would pertain to this. Oh, I don't know that mine pertains mm, to this. Mm. So, no, if you're looking for something to pertain. Oh, well, no, then I'll just read you the one that I just got from Stacy. Oh, well, have at it. From Cincinnati, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And she says, you guys talk about writing a book together and can't wait to read it. Who are your favorite authors? Do you have a favorite genre? First of all, uh-huh. uh, it's going to be quite a long time before our book comes out. Yeah, I know. Because when you, it's my turn to well, write. Yeah, but yeah, but when you co-author. <laughs> yeah. It's a longer process. I mean, even if even if we wrote something every single solitary day, yeah, both of us wrote every day. It, it's still a long process, which is not a bad thing. It's just right. nature of the beast. Most of the books that I read, and mm-hmm. and it's not author specific. Okay, it really is not. So is it more genre specific? Yes, like she's saying yes, because I will pick up the memoirs of Mike Wallace of oh, see? sixty okay. minutes. Okay, okay. I will pick up something by Michael Eisner, who is the CEO of Disney. Yep. I'll pick up stuff like that where it's half sort of little conversational, little behind the scenes stories, and then half history. You know, so that's sort of my thing. I am not okay. into murder mysteries. I can't do that. No. No. So you're more like a real-life biography, memoir-type yeah. person. And honestly, I'm that way for TV, too. Okay. You know, when A&E used to do their biographies, oh, mm-hmm. man, did I love that. Oh, my God. So and cool. And the first thing that I go for Netflix is, down to, well, is down to the documentary oh. line that they offer. And if I can find some kind of a biography or a history of a music group or something like that, oh man, I'm in. You're golden. Oh, huh? I am. I and am. And so I'm so the opposite. I. What do you do? When I first, well, I don't have a specific author. I can tell you that. I do not have a specific author. But when I was growing up, I was into the Harlequin romances. Mm. And my aunt, Auntie Rose, who's passed, she had a whole wall full of Harlequin romances. I mean, a wall full. And they were in order. Some of them were signed. Some of them not. So when she passed, serious. So when she passed, we all got some of her Harlequin romances. And I have a few that are there, but not very many of them. So, and I used to read the, you know, the Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys growing up too. But now I've kind of graduated, if you will, sort of to anything to do with angels. You know, there's one, um, uh, what's that movie that was made? It's called um, Heaven is for Real. Yes. The book. I mean, it was a real yeah. life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I like cooking books and, and you know, health <laughs> and things for health. 
and I'm I'm big on the natural health and but, the natural stuff. So. And that's just that's just flat out textbook stuff. That's it yes. is, and I yeah. love that stuff. Wow. So yeah, and I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving listening to this, and I'm thinking, oh, where's the woodwinds? Because I was, you know, clarinet. Where are they? Oh, they're out, not there yet. Yeah. But I'm seeing the violins and, and it'll the be, cellos and the harps. And it'll be interesting to see how many flow in before they all rush in and have right. to be here. Right. I don't know. There is a gentleman behind you. Now, you don't have to turn around and look, but he's behind you with a, a music stand. I'm wondering if he's not the conductor. I'm well, just kind of watching. take a look at this picture and you tell me. Oh, you're going to make me look now, too. Um, from the side. Well, I don't know. There's a mask. He's covering his mask. Mask is covering Well, here's him. a Sharpie. Just draw a mask on that picture. <laughs> Come on. Improvise. <laughs> Come on. I don't really know. Hey, by the way, we've mentioned um, Rick Nielsen of Cheap yes, Tricks several yes, yes. times in our podcast. Yes, you and said he's got a special spot. He does. Is it that balcony there? It's above us, okay. and it's the second section all the way in the back, sort of like Bob Euchre seats. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Seriously? And it's really easy to see exactly what the chair is. We'll take a picture of it after okay. we're done here. Okay. Because it's black and white checks. Oh, my gosh. And every other seat in this place is red. Yeah, it's red, beautiful. Red, red velvet. Red velvet, yeah. Red velvet. No, it's supposed to be blue velvet. <laughs> it's red velvet. We can change the lyrics. You know. Wow. Just change Out of the blue. The, change, I know. <laughs> just out of the blue. Get it blue. Yeah. We're out of blue. Oh, God. Hey, I do mm-hmm. I do have a little bit of a 3x5 card, um, and you don't need to give me the details. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just that's hard for me to do. I know. But, you, but, this, uh, but you haven't heard the question okay, yet. Okay. Okay. You could just give me the time frame if you want to. Uh-oh, okay. But when's the last time you lied? Uh... How do you think we got in here? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what's the time frame? I was trying to figure out the time yeah, frame that so was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's when, tough. When that guy comes to the stage door and he goes, hey, I don't know you people. And then you have to sort of lay out a story and he goes, oh, well, come on in. My name's Dave. Hey, I'll turn on all the lights. And it was like, wow, that didn't take much. That was a did little bit. Did you really? B- no. You, oh, I was no, going to say, did you really? Oh, no. See, now I lied to you. So my last uh, time lying was 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? That's a good question. I don't know. Now, my mom used to call, you know, little white lies, lies. Yeah. So when you don't really tell the whole truth, but you don't really tell the full lie, is that considered a lie? Yeah. It's, in my mom's book, it would be, yes, it's a little white lie, and that's a lie. Yeah. Blah, you're gone. Yeah. Because it's a kissing cousin, no matter how you look yeah. at it. Yeah. I felt really bad. Uh, one time I lied to avoid going to a funeral. Oh. I did. I felt so bad about it. I can't even remember. This is how bad it is. I can't remember. Who it why. was? No, no. Oh. I can't remember why I lied to not go. Oh, wow. Not like it had something to do with the person. Yeah. I don't think so. It had some fringe benefit of some sort, and I don't <laughs> even remember, but it was it was bad enough where I flat out lied to bail on a funeral. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're not taking attendance. Well, that's true, too. How would the hell even, would they well, even know that I'm know, there? I've, I've stretched the truth a bit <laughs> uh, to well, get ca- out of something that I'm already in. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes, okay, does. so, I yeah. want I want to know what color a lie is when you stretch it, because, you know, that's different from white lies. <laughs> well, so what color does it turn? Well, it's kind of like taffy. You know how when you have a color oh. taffy and you stretch it, that turns you, lighter color? You are the analogy queen tonight. 
That, oh. oh, my God. Is that, that exactly what you were thinking? No, but that oh. is the best analogy because oh. Taffy does. That's stretch. I love Taffy. Oh, you! I am now I your biggest Taffy. fan. <laughs> I, love, I love analogies because, you know, when you're just dumb as a stump and uh-huh. somebody gives you an analogy and you go, oh. Now oh, I get it. No, I get it now. Yeah. And they could spend all day and you go, no, no, deer in the headlights, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what that's what I think a color of a white lie or color of a stretching. <laughs> lie. Yeah. Hey, yeah. do you want to talk about the Coronado? I do, because it's beautiful. Yeah, I, Guys, if you've never, ever been to the Coronado Theater in Rockford, Illinois, make that one stop that you must see. Yeah. It's It should be on the list of national treasures as far as I'm concerned. Just come here and see anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it was built in 1927. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I will run through some things that okay. it's a little bit of rapid fire machine gun, but if you don't do that, you're going to miss out on stuff. Go. I've been coming here since 1968. Okay. My mom would gather, I don't know, eight or nine kids in the car. Okay. And drop us off at the front door for Saturday morning movies. Oh, you and had you, movies here? Yes. And you would buy oh. into a package that would maybe run five weekends long for the sake of argument. Okay. And of course, in the 60s and 70s, very safe to drop off yeah, your kids yeah, and yeah. pick them up two hours later. Yeah. So we saw Lassie and Yellow Submarine and stuff like that. And it was just one of the best memories. Oh, well, fun. since then, I've seen silent movies because they had the gigantic organ from the Lincoln Organ Society. And you Where will ha- is that? I don't well, see it's, it. Well, it's down in the pit right now. Oh, okay. Because if it was up, it would block your sight of the orchestra. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's gigantic. I'll show a picture of it on our website okay. that Brian Thomas took. Beautiful, beautiful picture of the inside of the Coronado from the balcony. And our website is lifes3by5s.com. Thank you very much. Yep. Yes. So if you go under the episodes tab, uh, the, the very first thing that you see is the latest episode. Right. If you want to see earlier, just scroll, just scroll down. Scroll down. Yeah. The odd piece, and believe it or not, in this mailer that they sent out, they have a photo mm-hmm. of John F. Kennedy. Oh, really? He, he, he was here? He was campaigning here two weeks before he was elected president. Oh, wow. Yeah, think of that. Isn't that 1960. something? 1960. Wow. Yeah. My mother... I wasn't even born. My mother walked across this stage in 1951 for high school graduation. Here's the kicker. Who possibly can come 360 degrees on stories like this? When we walked in the stage door, remember mm-hmm. I mentioned that Jackson Piano used to be there? Yes, in the next area, the next yes. storefront. Yes, and yes. when they renovated, they bought it out, made the lobby bigger, put the box office here, yes. so on and so forth. So Jackson Piano's storefront is there. Well, Jackson Piano also owned up on the second floor. Well, back in the day, Whoever owned that portion of the building rented the bottom out to Jackson Piano and rented the top out as apartments. Ah. My wife's grandmother had an apartment up there. So we're talking Murphy beds and glass doorknobs and everything. And there was, I think, four apartments, if I'm not mistaken. Are they still apartments? Well, that's the story. Because the dressing rooms Mm -hmm. used to be sort of under the stage. And it was sort of like Wrigley Field. You know, everything is so stinking small. They decided to make those apartments the dressing rooms. Oh, cool. Much bigger, much more accessible. Yes. Everything's great. And then they turned the dressing rooms out of the stage into storage and scaffing okay. and stuff like okay. that. So who was the first performer 
to use Sandy's grandmother's renovated apartment. Okay, you got to give me a hint. <laughs> He's a comedian. Uh, a comedian. Very scandalous. Used to be America's father figure on a comedy Bill Cosby? Thank you very much. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that ironic? Bill Cosby. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have been here for Jody Benson. Jody Benson is yes. a Rockford native. She's a Rockford native. Yep. yep. The Little went Mermaid. To, yep. Went to Boylan High School. She did half of her show in Disney and the other half uh, Christmas. Oh, fun. I painted a cell of the Little Mermaid. And I brought that because rumors had it that she would be out in the lobby afterwards. And she stayed until the last person left. I love that. And see, yeah. and I think that's the way it should be. If you've yeah. got fans, you stay and talk to them because they are the ones that put you up on stage and put you where yeah. you are. That is my bugaboo. Country artists yep. do that just out of nature, but not everybody does that. And so I've got her signature on that cell. Mm. And she was wearing red velvet. Oh, to match the seats. But you can't, well, and Christmassy. But can oh, yeah, you imagine how hot that was? How was she just not melting into her shoes? Um, you'd think that yeah, she'd go change. But you know what? You, know. There's, you know how it is, Tim, when you're not really under pressure, but when you are there to perform and you are performing, you just don't feel it. I don't feel the area. I don't feel the air. I don't feel the ambience. I'm here performing. Yeah, you move through those things. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm sure and that that's what she yeah. was doing. And there's a lot of people that they say, once the light goes on. You're on. Or once the mic goes on, or whatever the case may be, everything else goes away. You've got a job to do. You get in, you get out. I would answer the phone sometimes, and she goes, oh, you got your radio voice on, huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that I did that. Yeah. So you turn it on and turn it off. I had no yeah. idea that I did that. I've been here for wedding receptions. I did not come here, but I saw pictures of it. A wedding reception here. Rick and Rena. See, now I was on the air for that. Were you Because really? I had just gotten here, I oh. think. And yeah, because that's when I first came here. Yeah, and Rick was one of my favorite news guys. He was one of my newsmen, along with John Strand and Bob Pressman. Those mm -hmm. guys. Rick was one of my favorite news guys. Yeah. I just love him to death. Samantha and Andrew Blevins, that's who had their wedding here. You're saying they got married here? I don't know if they got married here or if it was... I, you know, honestly, I don't know if it was married here or if they had the reception here. Yeah. But something was going on. Maybe it was a reception. Yeah. Because I've never known anybody to be married here, but that doesn't mean it doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, one of the weirdest things, I mean, obviously comedians, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Red Skelton, yes. uh, Ron White, you know, uh, Gallagher. Do you remember Gallagher? Yes. Yeah, they just tarp the entire audience I, in the yeah, front. Yeah, because he throws stuff. Yeah, he yeah. sledgehammers watermelons and yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. Outside of just crazy things like that, I've been to the most quiet, easy concerts, and then I've been to John Cougar Mellencamp and Chicago. I, I've been here one time where it was a public hearing. Isn't that weird? What's a public hearing mean? For the casino. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they did the whole presentation of three parties involved. One of them, of course, is the Hard Rock, and they ended up winning it. It's right? still in progress of being able to be done. But Rick Nielsen was on stage, and of course, you never know what's going to come oh out of Rick's gosh, mouth. Oh gosh, I know, and he's so, so unpredictable. No, so anyway, Rick or the uh, the Hard Rock, I think, was the third presenters of the night. And then when everybody was done, and they say thank you very much for coming, <laughs> Rick goes up to the microphone, and you could see people just sweat. <laughs> it's like, what is he gonna do? 
What's and, he gonna say? Yeah, and I don't remember what it was, but it was it was out in left field somewhere along the line. I just love him. I, he just cracks yeah. me up. I just love him. You know, he reminds me of Kramer. Oh, he is Isn't absolutely he Kramer. Yeah, yeah, he's he a musical Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Uh, most recently, uh, you've heard me talk about Mo Pitney. Yes, yes, yes. Mo Pitney is a Rockford native. He's gone to Nashville. He's an incredible songwriter and a country music artist. Mm-hmm. I think he's on his third CD. He's this little bitty skinny guy who looks like he's 22 and the voice that comes out of that guy is just powerful and he was here with josh turner not too awful long ago i'm telling you what those pitney people they're (laughs) awesome because i and i say it in a very loving way because um his cousin actually was working on our house at one point in time with a friend oh. of ours with Jim Duco and Oh, is this and, Luke? Yes, oh you know my, Luke. Yes, yeah. I do know Luke. Luke is awesome too. He's yes. a little skinny guy and his voice is awesome. Yes. Cheers to you, baby. I have to tell you, it is filling up. I mean I still see some empty seats on stage, but you can hear it. You can hear it getting a little louder. You can hear it getting a little fuller. As a musician, help mm-hmm. me out with this, because I don't know this. Okay. That would be annoying as hell to have somebody next to me rant, 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 oh, no. rant, when I'm trying. See, but I'm yeah. not a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, because you're you're too focused on your own stuff. First of all, you're focused on your own. For me, woodwinds. I had to get, you know, make sure my my reed was wet enough. It was fine, and you know, I was in tune. Everything's in tune. Same thing for trumpets and trombones, and you know, every, you're getting everything in tune, and then you are actually playing. Maybe something that trips you up all the time. You want to make sure you get it right. Bring, you know, you're playing it again. Over and over, over and over. Over and over again. I had tunnel vision. So hmm. I was like, okay, I know that I'm going to do this. Or if I had my next chair next to me or whatever, I'd say, hey, can you help me out with this? Play this with me, and I'm not getting this quite right. Oh, you know, or tell oh me, so you partner up in you practice? Can, well, yeah, you can. Because oh. maybe they, well, first chair, obviously, is supposed to be the best. Yeah, of course. And, you know, down the way it goes. But if you're having trouble with it, Am I too sharp? Am I too soft? I mean, yeah. How does that go? So, because to me, without being a musician, right, it's like me trying to review copy and you're sitting next to me reading out loud. Yeah, that's that's what I think it is. But obviously, when you describe it to me, it's it's a whole different. Your tunnel vision. So somebody may be reading out loud, but you know what? You've got your tunnel vision and you're talking to yourself, so you don't hear what they're going on. You don't hear what they're saying. Wow. Here's another benefit for um, being a Rockford native. Okay. I will come to performances here, and I have sat everywhere. Mm. I mean, you mm-hmm. just get what you get and whatever the deal is. And I can't tell you how many times I would come into my seat, and I would see somebody that I have known for years sitting in front of me. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. We came to a Beatles tribute show called oh, yeah. Rain. Okay. And... I had talked to Jerry, Jerry Fertello Durango. I dated for seven years throughout high school and college. Oh, how funny. I I had talked to her maybe a week and a half earlier. And, you know, hey, what are you up to? Blah, blah, blah. And he says, hey, you know, uh, Luke is coming in town, and John and I are going to take him to this Beatles thing at the Coronado. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think we're going. We bought tickets a long time ago. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't didn't compare anything. And all of a sudden, we're sitting right next to him. How fun is that? Yeah. And when I came here one time, I bought a, I bought a, uh, a single ticket for a Foreigner concert. Oh. And this is Foreigner not too awful long ago, not Foreigner way, way, way back in 1978 or 79. Okay. So I'm first row in the balcony, center. Oh, because wow. Because I'm looking for one seat. So I sit next to this guy. I can't remember his name, but he was the vice president of one of the 
prestigious banks in town. They were my client. But of course, I never dealt with him. I dealt with the marketing people. But we knew each other's face, you know, passing each other right, in the bank right, right, and whatever. Right, right. And <laughs> by the end oh, of the night, on. it was so weird. Because, you know, it was sort of stiff suit thing, you know. In the beginning. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, music I don't know you, but, yeah. you know, a thing of wine and about eight songs later, <laughs> we're up dancing and almost flipping over the front of the balcony. We sort of had to be careful. Oh, my because gosh. Foreigner, I want to go up and look at that. Yeah. Foreigner was so good. They you were know, so I have not seen, oh. and the few, the few places, the few times that I've been here, I have not seen a bad performance. I never have. Now. Have you been on stage up here at the Coronado? Because I can tell you we have, and I say we as in me and the crew from ZOK way back when. Yes. We'd be up here introducing acts, which we used to do all the time, Yeah. before we went off and took our, our seats. So I've not really been backstage other than to go from the backstage side door all the way back to the yeah. front seat. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a clue what's backstage. I've been on stage. It's been so long ago, I could never tell you why I was there, who I introduced, or anything. Now, oh, wow. those that I introduced at the Metro Center, yes, those I remember. But wow. why I don't remember here, I have no clue. But, you know, my God, I was a kid. I was 22 years old. I had other things on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Yes. Yes. And introducing an oldie. Oh, it's coming back to me now. Hang on a second. There was a... There was an oldies tour because I at WROK did the 11 o'clock sock hop, which was all oldies songs, mm -hmm. which as a young kid, they were 1950s. I had no clue who they were. But, mm -hmm. you know, you read the label on the cart and you play them. Mm -hmm. Well, they had like five acts come and do a tour. Okay. And I didn't introduce each act. You just did the whole beginning. The whole of at the beginning. Yes. You know, the you, yes. you know, you get your radio exposure. Thank you and everybody for coming. I'm so glad you were listening to R O K. We got all the tickets here. Great. We're in for a great night of music. You're gonna love it. It's so and so and so and so on ABC and CDF and there you go. All right, so we give them a big round of applause because I think we're ready to start. All right, let's go. Yeah, there you go. That's something like that. That's exactly it. Something like over that. Over and over again. Oh yeah. And it's always the same script. It seems to be, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, the last time I was here, though, my mother-in-law came with my husband and I. And we sat over there on the far, as you're looking at the stage, far right-hand side. And we were watching the dancing Shuyang Chinese yes. beautiful dance thing that yes. came here, the troupe that came here. Wow. We saw that show. Fabulous. Now, let me tell you Fabulous. a radio connection with that show. Okay. I'm on the radio uh -huh. in middays. John Strandon is over in the newsroom. Yes. And we're looking through the panes of glass. Right. And he's maybe, I don't know, seven minutes away from the newscast. Okay. And the receptionist up front brings in a box about the size of a basketball or a volleyball. Oh, so okay. So you get the idea. Okay. No return address. Mm. Personally. Addressed uh, to a, you? Addressed to me. Which it's not, you know, promotions director or midday's guy or it's just Tim yeah. Larson. Or, yeah. So and everybody got one, but I was the oh. first. I was the first one to actually get it, because you know she got it when I was on the air. So I open this up and the record's playing, you know, and I pull this gigantic. Again, we're talking about the size of a volleyball. Okay. This gigantic fortune cookie out of this box. Oh wow! And John Strannon is looking at me through the glass. And I didn't say anything on the intercom at all because I didn't know what it was from. And I busted it open, and it was an 8.5 by 11 press release from Six Flags Great America in Gurnee that they were having that Chinese acrobatic team 
there for, I don't know, a month or so or whatever it was, and that was their draw to get people in for the shows. How cool was that? So, do you think they got their advertising worth? Yes. Yeah, because John Strandon was all over that because yes. he was a bantering guy. I love him. Oh, he would pick anything to talk about, and, you know, he'd do his news, yep. but then at the end, <laughs> hey, what do you got over there? Or, hey, hey, Tim, what song do you have coming up next? And, yeah. of course, and he, he knew a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, he would have stuff to talk about. Yeah. So that was my Chinese dance acrobatic team story that's tied to radio. Tim, I'm going to have to cut us short here because it looks like they're about ready to start. Everybody, almost everybody is there, it looks like. And I don't know whether the conductor is going to end up coming up back here or up there, but I think... Um, Are we getting the hook? I think we're going to get the hook, <laughs> but we, we really need to kind of stop so that we, they can okay. practice. So. Yeah. As much as I would love to continue. So so we will continue. We will continue another yeah. time. Yeah, well, well, you and I will continue because we're going to go throughout the theater and take pictures. But we're going to stop now because it's about time for them to start. So we're going to say goodbye for now from Life's 3x5s. I'm Liz Wilder. And I'm Tim Larson. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. If you'd like to offer a conversation topic suggestion or contribute to the tip jar in support of this podcast, visit lifes3x5s.com. In the meantime, watch our Facebook page for more reasons to join us at another remote location for more unscripted stories on Life's 3x5s.